Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special episode of the Square Circle Podcast on Twitter Spaces. We're going to be talking about everything that happened on WWE Monday Night Raw, especially this whole thing that I think that we're going to have a WWE and New Japan partnership. And I have a lot of, I guess, reasons to back it up as to why it makes sense logically. And so as we have this recorded space, uh, just please make sure to like not say anything that you're going to regret because it is a recorded space. It will be going up live on uh, anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast and then probably some other places too. I am joined by my co-host uh, BJ from Ossilution and uh, hopefully uh, Haru will join us if he wants to. But let's just start it off right quick with the holy shit. The Good Brothers showed up on WWE Monday Night Raw on the season premiere October 10th. And helped out AJ Styles. Yeah, holy shit. That's the best way to describe it. It is. So what was like your first initial like reaction to it? Well, I was all intrigued by the getting another heel turn out of AJ watching um watching him join Judgment Day, and then when they showed that glimpse on his face where he looked really angry, I thought, oh no, who's coming out? And I thought he was just getting another tag team out to help him, some backup or something. The Bullet Club was the last thing I was expecting. That is definitely uh, true. Like, the last thing to expect is that, only because, like, um, you know, on, on my side, for those of you that are listening and tuning in and don't really know what I do behind the scenes is that like, you know, I cover um, professional wrestling and I cover New Japan Pro Wrestling. And so I know for a fact that sometimes, you know, people really can go over to like WWE, but they could go over to like AEW or whatever, because there's a lot more like freedom there. However, with that being said, November 5th, we have Carl Anderson defending that never openweight championship title against Hick- Hikaleo. And if you saw on the timeline, Hikaleo basically put out a tweet saying, um, you know, you hiding from me? So, you know, it's sort of interesting to see where this goes because, you know, is that match going to be called off or is New Japan going to give WWE a New Japan title shot like over on, um, you know, Monday Night Raw or something? That's exactly it. Can you imagine if even, say, for instance, Hikaleo wins the title, next minute we're getting um, Raw crossover to New Japan at, say, Wrestle Kingdom, we're getting Finn Balor. Yeah. And then I started to think about, um, you know, World Tag League, if, you know, uh, WWE is going to send over some WWE tag teams over to uh, World Tag League uh, this time around. Um before I continue, I do see that Shelton has requested to speak. Um, I'm going to approve it. Um, and yeah. Uh, hi, Shelton. How are you doing? Uh, you can unmute yourself, even though it doesn't. Oh, yeah. You can unmute yourself. Just All remember right, that like this is a recorded space. So yeah, I know go ahead. This is recorded. So I would like to say I kind of I was I was like legit shocked when I saw um, the Good Brothers come back. Kind of makes oh. me laugh a bit that you know Carl came here with the never open weight belt. I don't know how they're going to take it off. Um, I mean the only thing that they they can do realistically is um basically. Uh, drop it to Hikaleo and let him be, you know, a champion for the first time. That's the only way I could see it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. But, you know, I will tell you, I loved, I loved the episode. You know, I wasn't around when um, DX was all the rage. I wasn't around this big ball of rock. But I know, but I do know of how popular they were. And I respect like, how they pushed the boundaries and, and made that attitude there work. Oh, you're talking about DX, right? I just wanted to make sure that yeah. we 
Okay, <laughs> I didn't. I know. I was like slightly confused, but yeah, you know, uh, yeah. we could we could pivot a little bit to DX. Uh, you got what I was saying. I wasn't I wasn't born around the time DX was all the rage, but I do know. But I do know of them, and I I respect how they push the boundaries and the envelopes in order for the attitude era to you know kind of get in full swing. Yeah, I totally agree with that too. Um, you know. Uh, DX is definitely a staple. Uh, DX definitely helped bring everything together with, you know, their shenanigans and pushing stories, and uh, putting over people. Geriatric ass. Okay. Um, just know that you're cutting in and out. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, I'm just letting you know you're cutting in and out. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, DX is definitely big. Um, you know, they ended Raw, and it was just, you know, a nice little thank you uh, for and all the yeah, support. And I also that. would like to mention Corey Grace. He said something about nefarious things that Billy Gunn was doing with office equipment. You know what he was talking about. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, of course, the you know. Made, you know. Yeah, uh, there was definitely a lot of, like, innuendos uh, throughout the whole entire uh, Monday Night Raw for the season premiere. Uh, which had a, had a road dog say a word that I should not be saying right now. And yeah. I laughed so hard. I laughed, I laughed pretty hard. <laughs> they also had rubber chickens. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Well, I mean, I mean, if you want to let your imagination run wild, you can. But uh, yeah, um, you know, other than the Good Brothers showing up, we'll get back to some more WWE and New Japan stuff. Um, but for Monday Night Raw, um, Elias is coming back. Um, yeah. Austin, Who wants to um, walk with Elias? Me, yeah, um, you, the Australian guy, the other Louisiana fella. We're <laughs> talking um, about Mr. Corey B. Okay, um, so I'm I'm gonna let Aussie Lucian uh take this one, um, yeah. So Aussie, what what did you think about it? Uh, okay, I was I've come in and out with fandom on Elias, so I'm still half and half with this one. I was the same with Ezekiel, but I thought Ezekiel was a breath of fresh air. Having the storyline with Ezekiel, where it was just oh, no, you're Elias. Like, they shouldn't have brought Elias into the Ezekiel character. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why it failed. Bringing Elias back just basically proves that, that the character failed. So, personally, I think it's a step backwards, but I don't think there was any other option they could have done with it. Okay, I thought I was muted. Um, I was tweeting out the room again. Uh, but, yeah, um, I'm excited for, um, you know... Uh, Elias to come back to see what they do because um it was very interesting that like uh you know he'll come back anyway uh so they had like Ezekiel like it was the weirdest like storyline um and stuff um I am sending out more invites to speak uh just because I I know some more people and I would like to get their opinions on stuff um <laughs> but okay so we had that um was it just me or did anyone else feel like the whole Dominic segment with Ray was a little like borderline cringy, even though I understood what they were trying to do. Like it just felt like yeah. really cringy. Huh? It was a bit cringy. I mean, I mean, I did say something about Dominic dropping an F bomb. Um, I what? think he, I think he dropped um, you know, the P word in Spanish. Oh man. <laughs> I know yes. I yeah, which I know what it is, but I'm not going to repeat it. And I was always the impression Gringo just meant dog. No. <laughs> no. You know, it's uh it's what you know Hispanics, especially Mexicans, like to call Americans. Yeah, but it's definitely it I mean, Aussie, if you think about it, like if you want to use that context, you can because that can be like the friendlier version of it, but it's basically like 
the equivalent to saying white person when when you say gringo, just so you know. Ah, yeah. Okay, so that's explains the translation I'm currently reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if you want to say dog, it's it's I, I'm gonna butcher it because I can't roll my R's and I'm half Spanish and it's really bad. But like, if you say pedo, like with two R's in it, it means oh, yeah. dog. Yeah. So it's P E R R O, which means dog. If you have P E R O, that's the word for like but. Like when you say a sentence of like, I like ice cream, but I want like a milkshake like that. Yeah. If that makes sense. Kind of makes yeah. sense, but I would like to say uh, I, I kind of winced. Did you ever see how Rey Mysterio cries? It makes me kind of wince. <laughs> kind of makes uh, me cringe I mean, when I Rey cry. Yeah, but, you yeah. know, at least he's, like, showing some type of emotion. I just wish that, you know, he could get over, yeah. you know... Yeah, get over yeah, it. I get it. Because, um, and I'll tell you, Dominic. Oh boy, <laughs> he really wanted his own father to beat him up. Yeah. Was... And the other thing, um, uh, another thing. Um, let me see. Oh, Seth Rollins winning. He's now, well, America's champion again. Uh, yeah. Just oh. don't get it. Just, just don't get too far ahead because I wanted to say something about the Dominic thing. Um, I was going to say that, um, uh, you know, with Dominic really wanting to have his father attack him, in my head, I was like, Ray, where did you go wrong? Like, why is Dominic really wanting this ass whooping? Why is he really, really, really wanting this? Like, once that ass whooping comes about, what's what's really the next step? Like, is that really going to teach him something? Like, is do you guys think that WWE is going to have him turn and go back to his dad and be like, oh, you know, I was just going through a phase, you know, it's judgment yeah. day, it's gothicness. Like, I just wanted to come back home to, to daddy and shit. In their years, uh, I really didn't have a gothic phase, but I mean, people do have one. And I was also, and I'm also going to have to say, Maybe it's because, you know, Rhea saw, if you want to hear my Australian accent, you're going to enjoy it. And Dominic, feeling all the love. Take my breath away. You understand the think, reference. Uh, I mean, I think we do. But uh, thanks <laughs> for uh, the karaoke uh, little soundbite. Um <laughs> The other thing too is that um I I mean I don't know if anyone else here caught uh New Japan Strong's uh Decoration of Power uh which was you know uh today they announced a new TV title which had like 15 minute time limit. I can see, you know, kind of quick matches with that, but I mean I would also like to say uh New Japan Brothers, uh, being re-signed to WWE. Yeah, um, dude, I I... don't get ahead of me. Okay. There were rumors of uh, WWE and New Japan uh, teaming up last year, but you know, it didn't happen. All right, so hold on. Don't get ahead of me. This is a special edition of the Square Circle Podcast, and uh, we're going through things one at a time. So the only reason why I brought up uh, Decoration of Power is because I wanted to relate it to Dominic and how he wants his dad to beat his ass because we, uh, you know, New Japan had their first ever uh, Call Me Daddy match for their King of Pro Wrestling provisional trophy that Shingo has. And it was Shingo versus ELP. I could not uh, freaking bring myself to watch the match, even though people were like, oh, you know, it's it's a good match and stuff. I was like, I, had, I have to skip to the end because I really thought it was stupid that these two guys, um, Shingo being the previous IWGP World Heavyweight uh, Champion, uh, is in a program with ELP about who's their daddy. So I was just like, yo, this is so much vibes of like, Back in the day of like, who's your poppy? 
with like Eddie and, and Ray and Dominic. And I'm just here like, um, yo, th- this, this is some shit that, that goes on in New Japan. Like, New Japan is, tell me you're kinky without telling me you're kinky. That's, th- that's what it is. Um, I, I, I love New Japan, but yeah, I wanted to, uh, to do that, um, you know, to, to mention that, that they had a, you know, who's your daddy match. Um, Lucian, by me just saying that, you have any thoughts on that? When you said, um, tell me you're kinky without telling me you're kinky, the first thing that came to mind was Mandy Rose and Otis. With what? Remember the whole Mandy Rose and Otis love storyline? Yeah. How, like, kinky they got with all, all of that stuff? Oh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, going yeah. back to um, Dominic thing for a second, the hit that Dominic was getting, like, the booze every time he tried to speak, I've not seen something like that since his auntie in WWE. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. More specifically, I don't know if everyone remembers it or not, back in, I think it might have been 2011, it was after TLC, um, John Cena had beaten Wade Barrett, and yeah. Dolph Ziggler won his match, and Dolph Ziggler was in the ring with Vicky, and Vicky was trying to talk, and it went on for about 10 minutes of Vicky trying to talk, and every time she put her mouth to the mic, Texas just booed her out of the arena it was so loud and raucous and even Cena had to be like sure 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 she's trying to speak give her the moment yeah man um good good call back to that um it really did feel like that like Brooklyn got so freaking loud that I was like yep that's you know uh New York for you like if they don't like you they'll they'll definitely let you know um Everything pro wrestling. Thanks for coming back. I don't know what happened to you guys. You guys like disappeared and came back and you're automatically a speaker. The power of like Twitter spaces. Uh, would you like to add to anything about like, you know, WWE, New Japan Pro Wrestling Partnership, Good Brother showing up, New Japan stuff, kinky stuff? Conrad Cushman, welcome to the space. <laughs> Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, man. Yeah, I just I I was surprised that isn't Anderson still the never open weight champion? Yes, he is. He has to defend it on November fifth against Hikaleo, but I don't know if that's still going to happen. We'll find out in the press conference that's going to be happening like at two o'clock in the morning. Man, that that makes things very interesting for them. Or I, maybe I don't know. You see, people are speculating. Maybe they're working together now different ownership now than when they requested it probably man like i was like super shocked because you know before uh when the dirt sheets were uh talking about that wwe was trying to reach out to new japan but then that got stopped because now we had the partnership between um you know aew and new japan that we never thought this could happen but then now tonight we get it and it's like yo what is happening in wrestling like you know i'm intrigued yeah, it's very weird, man. Like, I don't know. And it makes you wonder, too, if, like, WWE and AEW were on better terms. Like, I still feel like Billy Gunn should have been there tonight. Yeah, same here. Same. I, I was hoping that, like, he would have just showed up. Yeah, I, I don't think they can let him do that. I think after the last time when they called him a pissant company and I, what was the other thing they had said about him? Uh, I can't even remember now. I think, and I think after the contract tampering, yeah, they're just not cool with them right now because they probably they caused some of the issues that AEW's having in the locker room. So I get it on both sides. Yeah. Um. Do you see that? Um. You know, with the Good Brothers there, do you see that this might be a long term after uh the Good Brothers finish up like the New Japan dates? I think it's wise if Triple H plays well if that's a fair thing to say like with vince mcmahon vince mcmahon never played well with others he always my terms this is what i want to do sorry for the impression but i always do it when i do vince's voice Uh, we're gonna do what i want to do but with triple h i think if he plays nicely with them and just says like hey like listen man i'm willing to help you guys out yada 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 and we can do some stuff together 
maybe they'll listen. Like New Japan needs all the help they can get. Why not? They have they have Wrestle Kingdom coming up as their biggest show. If they're willing to send somebody over there, I don't know, of the stature of maybe like a riddle or someone who can handle their style. If I'm New Japan, I don't say no to it. Of course, I, I don't know. I don't know how the exclusivity deals work though with AEW. Like if they're just, oh, you have to do it this way. You know? Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know at all. I can't really. I was gonna say I don't know too much, but I really don't know. But I will say that um, you know, because AEW is still an LLC, they really don't. They can't. Well, I can't say they can't. They don't have to. They don't have to divulge like a lot of information, like how WWE has to do that. You know, to divulge it, um, because they're a publicly publicly traded company. Um, but I will say that it will be nice. If, like, you know, WWE sends over some tag teams for, you know, the junior, uh, the super junior tag league that's happening in November, in addition to world tag league that's happening in November as well, they we're doing another uh, headliner, uh, double headliner in, in New Japan. So, you know, the president of New Japan uh, was like, he's open to, like, dream matches. So he uh, he probably was like, yeah, this is probably good for business, you know. And, yeah, I do think that, New Japan needs the help, uh, just so that way everyone's perception on Twitter, even though it's so small, the world of wrestling on Twitter is so small, uh, to change some of the perceptions. You know, I try my best the way that I um, cover New Japan Pro Wrestling to try and change people's perceptions, at least, about the company, but um, I'm just, like, one person in, like, even a smaller niche of, like, New Japan supporters. I hear you on that. I hear you. And I think most of the people who are in here listening to this know that like New Japan's really good. Just it's just a pain to try to watch it at the time if you're trying to watch it live to avoid spoilers, but New Japan is really good and something I would recommend if anyone gets the opportunity to check out or get into. Um yeah, I think they put on fantastic wrestling still. So, highly recommend it and hopefully this is a chance for um WWE like you said to widen what they do like why not put something out there wwe and AEW are so big that there are going to always be talents on ice like you're not doing anything for the next round to build up to the next pay-per-view let those guys go work in new japan help them out it helps you it helps everybody helps the wrestling business but i don't think a lot of people see it that way right now i don't know yeah um also you wanted to add some stuff my biggest problem with new japan at the moment as much as i love watching it is Royal Quest. Oh, so, dude. <laughs> not watch it. Oh, man. Look, man. Um, I would tell you this. Even uh, during today's broadcast of Declaration of Power, um, you know, uh, I, th- I think it was during one of the, uh, one of the United Empire matches um, that, like, they went up to Rocky because Rocky was on the, the commentary team with um kevin kelly and chris charlton and you know they were like yo when when's like royal crest uh quest gonna be put up like they, they were asking questions they were like when is this gonna be put up you know um so yeah everyone is asking for it um i don't have a timeline hopefully they put it up soon because um now it's sort of like i, I mean we sort of know what happens because of the spoilers um mm. but then the stuff that the stuff that happens during declaration of power like you know it just doesn't add up when they do stories and are freaking consistent man like i just wish that new japan could be consistent about like everything you know um but as thomas said on his uh his podcast um you know he came out with a with with a new episode with him and hikaleo and he was mentioning how like japan moves a lot more slower than like the rest of the world and i'm just like well, yeah, I could I could see it. Like I still love them, but I could like see it. Oh, and by the way, if anyone thinks that I wake up like at two or like four in the morning to watch New Japan, I don't. I am a girl that likes my eight hours of sleep because if I don't <laughs> get eight hours of sleep, I will be cranky and people around me will be like, I don't like you right now. So I need to get my full my full sleep. Um, if it's something important, like today, I stood off of social media so I can enjoy uh the show. And then, like, I went back on, and then I went on social media afterwards. But you don't have to uh, wake up at those times to um, 
basically like support the company. Like if you have the subscription, which is only $6 a month now, it was originally $8, but the dollar, the value dollar keeps dropping. So it's like $6 a month now. Um, you know, if you had a subscription, you could watch it on demand any single time that you have time for it. You know, it's one of the best investments that I fucking love. And um, yeah, you know, I, you guys know I love New Japan. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I was also tweeting out as well on the timeline that, you know, I'm surprised that, well, not yet, but I would like to see Shinsuke Nakamura go back to New Japan Pro Wrestling and just do a tour and like, you know, just, just feel at home because if we're getting the Good Brothers over in WWE again, um, you know, why not send like Shinsuke back over there, send uh, like Io Shirai over to uh, stardom and um, oh, so, yeah, that will be a very good question. Do you guys think that in this partnership uh, we get the stardom deal too? That could be interesting. That would definitely be interesting because, um, you know, um, AEW hasn't been utilizing the stardom deal either. I mean, they can. They could ask uh, Rossi, who's like the boss over there in stardom, to be like, hey, can we like get some more girls over, um, you know? Um, and before anyone out there like puts any comments down below, um, you know, uh, like Maki Ito, Ito, Maki Ito is not really like a stardom wrestler per se. Like she can and she she's like booked. She could like wrestle there, but she wrestles more for like TJPW and like the other um promotions down over there. So just in case anybody is like, oh, what about Maki? Like, no. Um, stardom women are like uh Starlight Kid, which is fantastic, Julia, um Natsu, um a lot, a lot more people are not coming to my name, not coming to my head. But yeah, um, it would be nice to see some stardom women over in a, um, WWE and like vice versa and stuff. Um, got Mayu Iwatani. Yeah, she's also in stardom. There we go. <laughs> yeah, she's also in stardom. This is interesting. Um, well, uh, okay. So, what? Well, go Ky- ahead. Kyrie. Oh yeah, Kyrie yep. signed. Yeah, Kyrie signed to uh, to stardom. Um, I don't even um, even have an update for her. Kamitan. Are you looking it up? (laughs) I might be on the Wikipedia roster. Oh my god, of course you are. This is is why I made you my co-host, okay? This is why I made you my co-host, because I could count on you for all this shit. But, by the way, we should talk about your tweet, though. The one that you told me when I was like, nah, I don't want no forbidden door between WWE, New Japan, and WWE, but you, you could go ahead with your wonderful freaking idea that sounds like a Survivor Series episode. Yes, I was thinking of um, back in a couple of years ago now when we had what was it, the volcanic eruption that caused half the world to be left in, or half the roster to be left in Saudi Arabia. We ended up getting Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT at Survivor Series. And I'm like, what about a Survivor Series-style pay-per-view for four Forbidden Door 2, AEW, New Japan, WWE? And I tried to put together three teams of five for a traditional Survivor Series elimination. That was hard. But I put to, I put together some matches. Yeah, you did. Um, that's why I was like, all right, I will only accept this if we do a Survivor Series style matches with the people that like you came up with. And I was like, oh, interesting. Um, so, yeah. I mean, we could do Names it for are- oh. What happened? There were so many names I left out. I'm like, oh. But, I mean, it's a start. This is why I'm telling you to, like, you know, tell the world uh, about it. So, like, all right. So, I, I brought up the the the, the tweet. Um, you said, do it over two nights. Imagine a three-way, five-man elimination. WWE on their side has Finn Balor, AJ Styles, Owens, Sami Zayn, and Rollins. AEW will have Omega, Hangman, Mox, Pac, Jericho. And then on New Japan side, we'll have Okada, Osprey, Jay White, Abushi, and Suzuki. 
which by the way, that's a very interesting team for New Japan, especially to have Abushi and Suzuki on the same team. Uh, Jay White is all in it for himself, even though like I fucking love the dude, but he's all in it. Osprey loves a good fight, and Okada, man, I guess I guess we'll talk about Okada after this. But uh, yeah, um, those are some really heavy teams. Um, do we have five? We only have one, two, three, four, five. Oh, we do have five. Survivor Series style matches are five on five, right? Yes. Um. All right, so I am going to bring back um, everything pro wrestling to speak because I would like his opinion on this. Like, do you think this will work? I don't know why he went down to listener. We were we were doing so good. <laughs> unless unless he's busy. All right, while we're waiting for that, I want to quickly change topic just for a second. Go ahead. What you got? Kevin Patrick on commentary. Did you like it? I wasn't sold on him. I, to be fair, I also joined Raw forty minutes late, and I'm I was listening to him. I'm like, I'm not sure about this. It just it didn't fit. And then he dropped his one liner, and I'm like, okay, I'm sold now. When uh, the he said ahead. to Graves, tough talk from a guy with a dog named Pancake. I'm just like, yes, that was good. Mm. Or he's the bully, so to have someone like he's bullied Byron for years, so to have someone bite back at him was yeah. Grim. Yeah, I totally agree with that, dude. Um, good, good thing for bringing that one liner up because, like, you know, I was listening to him. I like the way that um Kevin Patrick uh speaks. Um, I like the way that he conducts himself. You could hear the passion that he has for uh the business, and he's just generally like excited. Um, but yeah, I mean, Corey Graves does like heel things. So I don't necessarily, uh, get on him because I understand what it means to play the character. But the only reason why like Byron never like bit, bit back is because this dude like didn't really have it in him to take that risk. I mean, after a while, right? Like in, in a logical world, if someone keeps picking on you, your your reaction after a while is either to, you know, say something back to them where it catches them off guard and they're like, all right, I'm going to back off. Or you punch them in the fucking face, right? Like, you do that kind of shit. It's just that, like, I've never seen the backbone that Byron has. Like, he's a sweetheart and he probably is a sweetheart in real life. But, you know, as a human being, you get pushed so far that you're going to have to either, like, stand up for yourself by, like, biting back at them. So, you know... Uh, shout out to, you know, Kevin Patrick by doing that. But then again, you know, Kevin Patrick looks like the type of guy to have that, to have that quick wit anyway, to like, mm. you know, fight back whenever he needs to. Like, if you're there trying to, um, you know, trade jokes with him, like, he's going to come back with like a very good joke at you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's it's his one night on the job. Um, you know, um, on commentary with Corey, um, we're going to have to wait until like next week and the week after that to like really give a good assessment, um, about it. So, um, you know, uh, I, I enjoyed, uh, Kevin Patrick on, uh, commentary, uh, cause it was something different. It was something new, you know, it, the, the season premiere of raw felt very like anything can happen. You guys remember that back in the day where WWE was like, anything could happen in wrestling. Well, this season premiere, it was that. Like, anything can happen. Despite PW Insider, however they they knew that the Good Brothers were like, you know, sources say they were going to come to WWE. I'm here thinking, all right, sure, whatever. Because, you know, let, you know let's be honest. The dirt sheets have been, like, fucking up shit for, like, um the past year. And when I say fucking up shit, I mean like, you know, not really being the journalist to go out there and actually get the good reports and get the actual sources and ask the tough questions. Unlike uh, that one dude that, you know, asked Sa- uh, Sasha Banks of like, oh, when you're coming back to WWE, like, you know, that dude was out there. Um, you know, rather than doing like armchair reporting, and if people get upset at me for that, so be it. Um, you know, if you're really like, 
a journalist. Journalist goes out there into the field to go ask people, to go try to get their sources, um, and like travel, and not necessarily do armchair reporting. But that's just me. Um, but yeah, you know, I didn't think it would be this early for them to come over to WWE and like have this fucking chaotic like shit of fighting Judgment Day. We got the original club, and then we got fucking Bullet Club over in Japan, um, and then also in Impact because we got Chris Bay and and, and uh, Ace Austin. Maybe, maybe this can open the door for Chris Bay to actually do something. <laughs> Because I love that dude and I love Ace Austin and I just think like I don't even know what they're gonna show up for like World Tag League for like uh, for Super Juniors, like you know send them over to WWE then. Yeah, I, I was gonna say here's a thought for you. Remember last year the partnership WWE had with Impact? Yeah. Hardcore country at the Royal Rumble. What if we have? Ace Austin at the Royal Rumble this year. Oh my god. Like, I, dude, like, I would love that. And the only reason why I would love that is because now that Triple H is in charge, I could trust WWE now. And people might say that I'm crazy. And yeah, I I, I might be crazy. But um, if Vince was still in charge, I still would have been like, no, my favorites will not go to WWE. But because Triple H, um, you know, understands wrestling, loves wrestling. And I could tell you from firsthand experience that um, when I was working there back in 2018, they did watch Wrestle Kingdom and like somebody logged it. Okay. Because Triple H wanted it that way. So, um, you know, maybe somebody will quote that and I'm not sure how I feel about it, but that's what happened. That, that was my experience. And I was there like, uh, am I supposed to be listening to this? (laughs) <laughs> like, am I supposed to be like listening to all this like backstage shit that I that you guys have planned and stuff? The same thing with um with what what was it? All in for ring for Ring of Honor, right? All in. Yeah, it was all in for Ring of Honor, I believe. Okay, so yeah, it it was the same way too, where they were talking about that, um, and you know, uh, them watching it. So you know, um, uh, basically like. You know, Triple H watches everything. So I know that he appreciates wrestling as a whole. So I'm not too worried about um, the way that the wrestlers get presented. And by the way, shout out to Japan Forward because I like following their account and get to know uh, stuff about Japan and stuff like that. So shout out to them um, who just joined the space. Um, I will bring up something else. um, And I wish um, another Twitter user was in here because he reminded me of um, something. So you know how like usually all of us, right, when we talk about like our favorite wrestlers, uh, we usually say that like, you know, if they're in a different company and if they're not getting used right, we sort of feel like, you know, that's it. They 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 hit their prime and, you know, they're no longer like special or something. That's how I felt about the Good Brothers by them coming back to uh, New Japan. But then as soon as they popped on WWE and the way that they were presented I was like oh shit this is the good brothers that I could probably get behind and you know probably be like all right let's see where this goes so this one user um omega something uh he just said that you know he tweeted to me that when they came out on raw they were presented way better than they were in impact way better than they were in like AEW and like I think us as fans that's what happens and like when we like see our favorites in a different light and in, and in a different company that um we tend to be like we jump back on that bandwagon because it feels fresh you know yeah no that's exactly it but it makes you wonder what else you could see with like this Forbidden Door thing. If we don't get, say, Forbidden Door 2 for the three teams. Imagine, remember, um, when was it? One of the Saudi shows, they did, WWE did their version of the World Cup. Can you imagine a multi-promotional World Cup style thing with all of them? So you've got Impact, AEW, WWE, New Japan, AAA, um, AJ, CMLA. <laughs> Oh man, that that's gonna be like that's gonna be fantastic. But that's like I would have 
dude, that had to, I don't know, man. My brain wants to be like, yo, that has to be done for like a year. <laughs> like, I don't know. But that, that, that sounds fantastic. Well, if they did it that way, the way I'd format it would be like almost in a tournament style is how Impact did it a couple of years ago um, with their Impact World Championship. And they had the group stage. And then yeah. the top two wrestlers from each group stage would then go up into the final 16. Yeah, um, yeah, that that would be fantastic, man. Like, you know, uh, the names, uh, you know, who they're gonna put in there and stuff. If they do like a really huge uh, world like cup league and stuff, the only problem is, is that like, as much as you know, we love talking about like, oh, we should have like, you know, AEW versus New Japan versus WWE. You know, people always want their like their favorites to win. You know. I'm always of the belief that, like, it has to be logical why the favorite wouldn't win, but it needs to set up for, like, an angle and a story to go forward because if it just falls flat, it's like, well, then what's the point of the favorite not winning, you know? Like, you know, spoiler alert, even though, like, I I understand why, I'm going to say it again, spoiler alert, Um, I understand why Tama lost today against Jay White. I understand. Um, however, I just think that it was time to pull the trigger on Tama for champion, right? Because as much as I love Jay, Jay is very good at the chase. He's very good at, at storytelling. Um, just like when he when he had his uh, post-match comments about what he said about Okada, I was just like, this man is great with storytelling. And I get why on January the 4th, 2023, in Tokyo Dome, we're getting Okada versus Jay White for in the main event for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title. Did I want that? No. But the way that, um, you know, Jay White said his story, said set up the chase uh, between him and Okada made me believe that, like, you know, just make me believe and be on his side. Look, guys, I'm totally biased for, like, Jay White and Tama. You guys got to, like, deal with me with that. But I love the story. My point is, is that because Jay White is the favorite at this point, because he still holds that gold and he can basically do what he wants because he's a champion, you got to listen to this guy. Um, The point is, is that, you know, if the favorite loses and then just falls flat and, like, goes in limbo... All of us here would be like, well then, well, then what was the point of his reign? You know, going back to the point of like, if we do end up getting a triple threat uh, war between these companies for like fun times, it just has to make sense. You know, if any of that makes sense to you guys. You know, that definitely made sense. I totally understand what you're talking about. Okay, cool. Um... I just, you know, because sometimes, like, I get into my little, like, uh, like I guess, tangents. I don't know. I go around in circles sometimes. So I just hope that people, yeah. like, understand where I'm coming from because I'm just so passionate about, like, especially stuff like this where you don't see it every single time. Like, you know, despite the dirt sheets ruining whatever, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily know uh, the surprise of, like, the Good Brothers coming to WWE and what kind of benefits that has more than like AEW because AEW has, um, you know, the benefit with teaming up with Noah. Now they have a partnership with Noah. So like, you know, it's kind of interesting that like AEW keeps going at this rate of getting a partnership with Noah, getting um, the partnership with DDT pro getting the partnership with new Japan pro wrestling. But like, is anybody really benefiting from this, if no one's really talking about it, if we're not having these surprises where we jump on a Twitter space and we're talking about it, you know, is it really beneficial for everyone involved? You can have all the matches you want in the world, but is it beneficial for like story? Is it beneficial for merchandise sales? Is it beneficial for like analytics? Is it beneficial for us who have podcast episodes who want to see the business succeed and move forward and have conversations with um, people who want to listen? 
You know, I could sit, I could sit here. I am sitting here, uh, you know, talking about this partnership with Noah, but I'm more excited about the future between WWE and New Japan Pro Wrestling. It it doesn't make any sense to me. It's wild. Like even I've only just started to get back into WWE myself because I think in the last six months before Triple H took over, we were all just like, eh. Like, Raw would come on, I'm like, oh, I'll just see the highlights or I'll read the Bleach report. But now that Triple H is back in charge, I don't want to miss it because I'm like, I'm going to miss something big and I'm going to miss something interesting and wild and chaotic. And, I mean, as um, ruined as the surprise, in quotation marks, as you want to call it, was for last night, like, we all knew why it was returning. Yeah. But it was so good. It was the worst. It was like... Sam Punk's return. It was the worst kept secret. Yeah, I, I would. But, yeah, dude, I'm agreeing with you 100 percent on on that way of uh, you know, before when yeah, when Vince was in charge, I would just have it on as background noise, and I said that every time on my podcast episode. Uh, the time that you know Triple H comes on, does you know some like new fresh stuff. Um, I really want to watch. I don't want to miss an episode of Raw. I don't want to miss an episode of SmackDown because now everything is like a little bit more relaxed, even though they all have to play characters. It's a little bit more relaxed and you sort of believe it a little bit more where you're like, okay, I am behind this wrestler for these reasons. Like, you know why they're doing it. You know their motivations, you know? And not every fan is going to, you know, attach themselves to that, which is okay. But at the same time, it's like, how is the business going to improve? Because wrestling is the purest form of a theater play. It's the purest form of theater play. Because, like, you go there, you you fall in love with these characters. You know, they're doing stuff on stage. They uh, have all these actions. But if you just go to a play and then all you see is, like, a, a fight, like, are you going to, like, go home to your friend and be like dude, I can't believe that I just saw this fight, you know? And then they're like, oh, well, what was the story? I don't know, man. It was just a fight. Like, like, how is that fun? Like, shouldn't you be telling your friend, like, oh, you know, the story was this, this, and this. Like, you tell them, like, an actual story. Um, again, if that makes sense. Um, I just like, I like the arts. Um, you know, for those of you that don't know, I have a creative writing degree and a publishing certificate. So I really value storytelling like a little bit more than uh, um, the wrestling. However, if you can uh, basically do technical wrestling with a little bit of flips in it and uh, the psychology is good, you got me hooked up, man. Um, but yeah, um, Aussie, if you want to like add any more like topics or whatever, or anything that you're thinking about, because I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this right now. <laughs> oh, I'm still fantasy booking in my head. I'm just like... Oh, tell me, tell me. Well, we've discussed the um, men's tag team a bit ago. What the other one I had was the... Oh, sorry. We had the five-team elimination. I did the tag team one. But what I'm trying to work out in my head right now is who would I have if we did a women's match, because women's wrestling's on fire as well. It is. Um, are you thinking about, like, um, like WWE women's wrestlers and fighting against, like, stardom um, wrestlers? Well, that's it. It's Would it be the women versus stardom, AEW, Impact? Would we have... I'm trying to think. We don't... Would you go... Oh, who's your female version of Bray White in WWE at the moment? Uh, man. Uh, the first thing I thought of was that, um, you know, Alexa Bliss before she became uh, what she is uh, today. Um, the other yeah. one, too, I think, I think um, Liv Morgan is starting to, like, turn a little bit um, into, like, a darker that, side of Liv. Because... Liv Morgan last night. Or yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, I think like Liv is starting to turn, but they don't really have like a female version of Bray Wyatt. Um, I don't know why the, I don't know why I want to say like, you know, for over in a stardom for like star, for like Starlight Kid, when she came out for her entrance during like the last, uh, pay-per-view that they had for their own version of like the G1, the five-star, uh, something. I, I really try my best to keep up with stardom. I really do. Um, but when, when Starlight Kid came out, 
it was like freaking supernatural because she's known as like Starlight Kid for like regular stuff, but then when like big events happen, she's dark Starlight Kid. And I I love that girl. She's like super freaking amazing in the ring, and she's like in her early twenties. I'm like, this girl is like fucking amazing. Well, I I found speaking of early twenties, like one thing that shocked me about age was Tony Khan. I didn't realize the last three years we've been watching him, he was in his thirties. Like, yeah, he just he just acts like a teenager, which is like, bro, but, like, come on, grow up a little bit. I thought he was in his forties already. I'm just like, wait, I was in the same age bracket as Tony Khan. Yeah, like, man. Yeah, I know but it's like, it's shocking. Going back to the um, booking side of things, two fantasy matches I've dreamed of were a Baden uh-huh. versus Rosemary. Oh yeah, yeah. But also. Jade Cargill versus Camille. That'd be interesting. I can. They're they're two big powerhouses, and uh, yeah, that would be um interesting to book. Um, if we were to do like Impact versus um AEW, which by the way, again, why why did why did we never get AEW versus Impact? Like, I want to see Deanna take on like Britt Baker just for the hell of it. Like, come on. I think we all wanted that. We were slowly getting there because we had private party um, on Impact one night when Big Money Matt showed up and then started going on about his broken Matt phase when he dropped the tag titles with his brother when they were doing that whole thing back in the day. Yeah, man, but, like, I wish they would have... kept going with it because at the time AEW was like so you know what everyone says bloated which which it was um I would have loved private party to have a little bit of a legacy in impact you know um it's kind of it's kind of uh disappointing to me to know that whenever New York teams go out there and they're finally on a big stage that they don't get the recognition that they like freaking deserve um you know I guess I guess one half of the acclaim is, well, yeah, because Max Caster is from Long Island, but like, you know, an actual homegrown New York team like Private Party don't get the recognition that they deserve from being from New York. And, you know, um, not not to like discredit anyone else around the world, but like, you know, like from my experience, because I, I grew up, I'm, I'm born and raised in New York, like sometimes people don't make it out. The same way that like it, it is all over the world that some people don't make it out, oh. but then the ones that do, you know, it's just support them and like, you know, they yeah. should have been they 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 should have had a legacy in impact, you know, because it would have been fun to see private party versus um, you know, the good brothers for a little bit, or private party versus um, you know, Chris Bay and and, and Ace Austin of Bullet Club, or private party versus um, you know, Matt Taven and uh Mike Bennett, or like any of the other tag teams that they have, like I would love all that. Oh no, I completely understand. I feel the same way with like you barely see Australian wrestling, and suddenly we get Aussie Open going global, and it's like the best thing ever. Yeah, it is. Um, and by the way, like, like I, you know, you put me on that uh, Aussie Open bandwagon when I was uh, showcasing their freaking matches and you know they're fucking phenomenal um and you know I'm happy that they are the uh New Japan Pro Wrestling uh strong open weight tag team champions um and those belts look like freaking amazing man like I would love to hold them um you know uh Aussie Open are doing great things for the United Empire and they're pushing you know the team as far as it can go at the moment um I just can't wait to like you know I don't even know if they're going to be in World Tag League or Super Juniors I'm not even sure which one they'll be. I'd love to see him win one of the tag leagues in Japan. Yeah, man, I would love that too. Um, you know, um, but you know, other than that, I do want to mention that um it was kind of interesting for uh decoration of power after LIJ's match. Um this this max this mass wrestler came out and again, spoiler alert. I'm so sorry guys, but spoiler alert. Um it is uh it was Teton and Teton was was uh he's a Mexican wrestler from uh CMLL and um you know he was in there for the best of the super juniors um and so he came out and he starts talking in Spanish about how like you know uh he wants like new opportunities and he was asking if he could join LIJ 
all their faces were priceless. I was like, this is hilarious. They're all looking at him like, who are you? What? Okay. But they joined him. So now Titan is the first non-Japanese uh, wrestler to join uh, LIJ, which is funny. Yeah, I did say um, something about that on my timeline. Yeah. Um, yeah, he decided to join up with, uh, with LIJ, which I think is the weirdest pairing just because I'm like, I could see it, but then I'm just like, what are you going to do? Because <laughs> almost everybody in LIJ at this point is sort of like, again, floating around. Um, November 5th, uh, we do have uh, Naito versus uh, Osprey for the uh, U.S. championship title. Um, I don't think, um, you know, Naito is going to get it just because Osprey is hot right now. Um, but then again, I, I could be wrong, but I think New Japan is going to keep uh, the U.S. belt on um, Osprey. Um, I still think that Osprey versus Kenny Omega is is like freaking money, and um, they should still continue their feud on the timeline or something uh, for that. Oh, and by the way, uh, Osprey did like my little spooky video of um, me, you know, taking uh, the time they did the press conference and David Finley throwing the chair at him, which is fucking hilarious. Um, I I did that, so he he liked the little spooky video I did. Um, oh. Did you see yeah. my meme I did on that? Oh, you did one too? Oh, I had a meme. I created like this fake letter for the, I don't know who posted Someone posted a photo or a video of their chair throwing. So I put a um, cease and desist letter on it with the signature of Ace Steel. Oh, I think, oh, I think I might've seen it. If not, you might have to uh, send it to me. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was the most perfect, funniest thing that I ever saw. Like, you know, I know us, like, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm probably going to say it here. And the day that Osprey comes on my show, I'm probably going to tell him anyway, that I feel bad for him sometimes because it's like, you know, no one treats him with freaking respect <laughs> at all. They, <laughs> they treat Osprey as if like, he's that little brother that you have that you just like, do shit to him or like say whatever you want to him and it's sort of like bro but he puts on like five-star matches he he travels the world you know he helps out his buddies but yet then like no one gives him the respect that he deserves and i'm like i feel bad for him sometimes (laughs) i think one thing i've noticed with new japan is they've got all these factions but Everyone seems to be fighting on their own. Like they don't. There's no consistency with factions. Like you might get this person here or that person there, but what are they doing as a faction? Like you don't really get this faction warfare. Um. The, I mean that is true. The only thing that I can add on to that is that um the only one that feels like a group right now is um you know United Empire. They oh, feel yeah, like no, a fucking group. They feel like you know. If, like, I've always wanted United Empire and Bullet Club to, like, feud together and, like, just have this, like, warfare. I'm still waiting for it. Um, like, an actual warfare, but, like, United Empire is the one that feels like, you know, they are a team. Um, Bullet Club, like, they have to, like, get everybody and, you know, make it tighter. So if uh, Jay White ever hears this, like, I got I got ideas, you know. My, 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 my DMs are open. Um, the other thing too is that with chaos, chaos mm. is all over the place, and and Okada yeah. is the leader of chaos, but it's still all over the place. Um, Lij, um, you know, at one point, Lij versus uh, Suzuki Goon was like very good as like a as like a faction warfare was good. Um, if you want to talk about like like trios teams um, for like. Uh, for like warfare, you know, you have God versus um, Yoshihashi Goto and um, and Ishi. Uh, add Jay White also to uh, God. Um, this happened back in I, I I just did my article about this um, 2019, but I know, but I might be wrong. No, whatever. You guys go read my article. I'm so sorry, I can't think of it off my head. Um, but yeah, um, you know. New Japan is very good at snapshots and moment in times when it comes to like their their big ass teams that they have. 
they're 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 very good with that. Um, but I would I would definitely love to see a really good long um, you know, club warfare type of thing going on. Well, I suppose there's also TMDK. Yeah, but they haven't really like I I can see where you're going with that. Um, but I don't know what I don't know what they're gonna really do because it's what is it? It's Big Bad Tito. There's uh, Jonah. There's um, Nick Miller. Nick. Yeah, Nick Miller. Oh, wait. Oh, so wait. Current... And it's also Shane Haste. Yes. So is it Shane Haste or Shane Thorne? I remember it very briefly as Shane Haste. Shane. Yeah, so but Shane Haste. Be... Okay. The former so... Slapjack. What happened? Formerly known as Slapjack. Wow. Okay. Um, fun fact, because I did not remember that. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, we named, we named four people in that group. Um, I don't know if they, if they consider, I know they consider themselves as a team because it's TMDK, but I don't know, like, mm. yeah, now, now I'm thinking about it. Cause it's not like been around for a lot longer than what most people realize. Yes, which I'm, which I don't know how long they've been around. How long they've been around? May sixteenth, two thousand and eight. The fuck? <laughs> what? And the this only reason not... I knew they've been around for a while is because I was actually watching a match this morning. So uh-huh. for perspective here, it's just after two p.m. in the afternoon for me now. I was watching a match this morning between Adam Brooks and slack so one of their very first encounters was adam brooks's debut at wrestle rock back yeah. in 2011 and that's and slack was representing T, um tmdk then and this is adam brooks's i believe his first win over slack due to a interference from uh kellyanne mm. don't know how well she's known around the world at the moment but it was a really good match and it's a rivalry that's definitely worth checking out. Like they've had, I reckon, at least seven matches. Uh-huh. One of them was meant to happen in Ring of Honor, but it never happened. But Slex versus Adam Brooks is one of the greatest Australian-born rivalries you will ever come across. Interesting. And this this group started in uh, 2008. Damn. Yes. So Damn. four are known as Slex. Marcus uh-huh. and El- Elliot Sexton. Ah, uh, okay. So, wow. Elliot Sexton has also gone gone by the names of Brendan Vink and current Duke Hudson. Okay. So he's currently signed to NXT. Oh. You know, yeah. Big Bad Duke from NXT. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. The one that very rarely gets seen. Yeah, because uh because of his his situation that happened not so long ago. Um but yeah. Um interesting. I mean, at that point, obviously we can probably say they are um, you know, a faction in, in New Japan, but like I think they need more members to be considered like a faction. Well they're not even in New Japan, they're in New Japan strong. Well, I just sort of consider it like if you work for New Japan, you're eventually going to work for Strong. So it to me, it's the same shit. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, I, I don't I don't really consider it too off, too too different. Uh, but think of like New Japan Strong the same way that like Dark is, where they they allow different wrestlers, um, you know, to come on and like showcase uh for for strong because like their main people over in Japan can't always like fly over back and forth and stuff mm. so consider it like that but um until like jonah says that you know we're like i mean he probably already said it anyway but like something along the lines of that like you know them together as a team as tmdk is gonna take over like new japan like actually like say it like more than once in like their backstage promos because like you 
you sort of understand it with uh, United Empire that's like relatively new on the scene. So you understand it. You know, I don't I don't want to say TKMD is like, you know, a force to be reckoned with until like it's official. Like I can see it. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, that makes sense. It's like that's they're a faction that's very small, very unheard of. Yeah. Um I think that like I think that like, you know, giving giving them the time to grow and maybe if Jonah wants to add more people, because uh sometimes uh when he comes out to like uh like when he's on New Japan, uh it'll be him and like Big Bag Big Bag Tito for a bit. Um and then like Shane Haste now just joined them. Um so it's sort of like, you know, um, you know, hopefully they'll get more members if Jonah wants that to happen. Um, but yeah, I think, um, that's, that's gonna like wrap this special episode up. Um, I was going to give another shout out to Japan forward. Uh, but you know, uh, they left, uh, they're freaking awesome. I like following their tweets. So I get to stay updated about what's happening in Japan. Um, so Aussie, I gonna let you put yourself over whatever you want to, whatever you want to say at the end of this. All right, so at the moment, what I'm working on is a magazine, sort of like the PWI, but I want to focus specifically on Australian wrestling because it does not get done justice around the world. There's so much talent here that the world doesn't know, and eventually I want to create like the top 100, top 200 wrestlers in Australia so the world can see what's going on down here. There's so much happening, and it's like, it's almost we're on one of those double-sided mirrors where we can see what's going on but you guys can't and i want to break that glass window shatter it, and let the world see australia so you'll see that coming up on substack by the end of the month um it's going to be called the aussieverse aussieverse inc or just the aussieverse basically at this stage it's got a marvel designed logo we're going to have articles about rookies, reviews on Australian pay-per-views. We're going to have an article, as I spoke before, on Adam Brooks and Slacks about their rivalry over the past 10 years. We're going to do every month. We'll probably do like the top 20 wrestlers I think I discussed. I've got someone helping me with that. We're always looking for more people to come and join. So if anyone knows someone that's looking to get into writing or wants to get a start by all means hit me up i want to make something big out of this so yeah keep an eye out on substack for the aussieverse and of course i will leave that link uh down in the description when this special episode goes up on anchor.fm square circle podcast uh this is the first time that i think of trying to do a raw review of this because it was uh, something special and I really enjoyed it. I really did enjoy um, everyone that we had that came in here. Um, you know, I always have a good time talking to Aussie and uh, the rest of the people that came in to, uh, you know, speak whatever they had to say. Um, so this is going to wrap it up. Again, I am your host, Marie Shadows. Make sure to hit that follow button right here on uh, Twitter at Marie underscore Shadows. If you guys want to, I also stream on Twitch. That's going to come back soon. So head over to twitch.tv forward slash Marie underscore Shadows. And I too have a Substack as well. And it's also going to be recommending uh, Aussie Lucian's uh, Substack there as well too. So you guys could get both of our stuff talking about everything wrestling. Uh, so mine is marieshadows.substack.com. And again, Aussie Lucian, I thank you for being my co-host, man. Um, you know, it's already 1214 in the morning for me. Uh, what, what time is it for you over there in, uh, Australia? Just hit, um, quarter past two in the afternoon. Ah, so he, you know, uh, Aussie is already in the future guys. So, you know, this makes it that much, uh, you know, special. Um, I do want to thank, uh, who's, who's here? Uh, Jeff, thank you for listening for all the way through, man. You're, uh, awesome. Thank you for this. Um, so yeah, guys have a wonderful night um and i will hope to do another twitter space soon and i'll see you all in the next one